Would Jesus be caught within 10 miles of a Planned Parenthood clinic with a young woman? Let's talk about it in today's Bible Talk. For today's Bible Talk, I'm going to share one of my modern-day parables. A modern-day parable is where we take a biblically-based story and we port it to today's world and use it as a backdrop of WWJD. What would Jesus do if he were in the flesh today, hanging around the right-wing evangelical church? And we call those modern-day parables. And so I want to start by sharing my most recent modern-day parable, which is called Jesus at the Abortion Clinic. It goes a little something like this. Jesus at the Abortion Clinic, a modern-day parable. While the rocks and condemnation had been flying all day at the abortion clinic, the protesters were on hand. And since the Republicans had taken over all the levers of control of power in the country, they had loosened the laws so that protesters could go right up to the clinic door. And protesting had become more than just throwing condemnations at pregnant women going into the building or workers going in. Now it had become the throwing of rotten fruit and vegetables as well. There was a young man there that day. He was ready to do his work for the Lord. He had brought the smelliest fruit he could find from his farm. His goal was to let any young pregnant woman walking into the building know that God was not pleased with her choice on that day. He would show her how much Christians love babies. A car pulled up and the young man ready to throw, but it wasn't a pregnant woman getting out of the car. It was that guy, Jesus. He'd heard about him, this religious teacher that everyone had been talking about. You don't want to be seen here. The young man heard Peter, one of Jesus' main disciples in the car yelling, this will hurt your ministry and our ability to fundraise, Peter was saying. Jesus ignored the comment and eyed the crowd. Jesus, we're so honored you joined us, said one of the older veterans of the anti-abortion movement. We want you to see the work we do in your name and the way we handle these baby killers. Well, you've heard it said, don't murder, Jesus began speaking without looking at the older man. But I say, if you speak to someone with malice from your heart, you are the one worthy of hellfire. The young man heard murmurs from the crowd, but those were interrupted by the sound of another car door swinging shut. A young woman stood there looking terrified. She turned and looked at the young man who had dropped her off, but he had already sped away in the car. Get ready, everyone, the young man heard the older guy shout. Harlot, an older woman in the crowd screamed. Don't kill your baby just because of your sin. The young man was about to cut loose with a shout of his own when Jesus' palms went up to quiet. Let the person who hasn't sinned be the first to throw a piece of fruit. The crowd grew silent, and surely there was no sin, the young man thought, that was worse than abortion. Let us all consider our own manner of injustice, Jesus yelled over his shoulder. The young man recognized the quote was from Romans 1. People carrying my name are full of all kinds of evil, hypocrisy, greed. They cheat on their taxes. Uh, they have malice in demanding withholding of government services so their taxes don't get raised. They are full of jealousy, particularly against younger generations. They are fighting. They're spreading malicious misinformation online. They are gossips. They slander good people, and they hate God while claiming to follow him. 
my people are rude. They're proud braggers. They're evil condemners and even disobedient to their parents. Let each of you consider now your own sin. With that, Jesus turned and jogged toward the young woman. He wrapped her in his jean jacket and protected her under his arm. Jesus, do you know the type of woman you're protecting? The young man heard the older woman ask. Jesus didn't answer the question. Instead said, 1 Corinthians 6 says, my people are thieves. Jesus responded, waving a finger at the crowd, that you're all greedy and drunkards and revilers and swindlers none of whom will inherit the kingdom of God. As Jesus led the young woman up the sidewalk through the group, the young man heard the older guy speak up again. Jesus, you're with us. We prophesy in your name. Jesus stopped in his tracks and looked at the older man. I never knew you. Suddenly a piece of fruit came flying in and hit Jesus' jacket where he was protecting the young woman. You don't know us, the older man responded. We're fighting to save babies in your name. If you knew the Bible, Jesus said, you would know how much I wish you would fight for this woman. The young man watched as the older man suddenly looked away from Jesus and towards the ground. The piece of fruit slipped from the older guy's hand and his sign with pictures of fetuses slipped from the other. He turned to walk toward the parking lot. The older woman seemed unfazed. Don't twist the Bible with me, Jesus. I don't fall for those liberal pastor slick words coming from people like you, you devil. I did not come to condemn the people you condemn, Jesus responded. I came to sozo them, to reconcile their identity to their true identity from heaven. The young man was stunned to see a few more of the older people drop their fruit and begin to walk toward their cars. Jesus moved forward with the young woman, but then stopped at the clinic porch and spoke, staring towards the older woman. You know, it's written in 1 Timothy 1, said Jesus, that the gospel of instruction is love. And that love is to come from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. You've missed the goal because you've been distracted with talk. That doesn't mean anything. As he continued then to move toward the door, the young man saw the elderly woman drop several pieces of fruit from her hands and even pulled some rotting vegetables from her coat pocket and deposit them on the ground. Nearly two-thirds of the protesters had now dispersed. My people are ungodly, Jesus shouted. They're not spiritual. They destroy people with their mouths. They're sexually confused but project their sexual issues onto others. They are racist, liars, individuals who believe big lies and receive those lies without thinking, and they like it, and they won't even consider sound teaching that tells them of the love of heaven rather than your rules from your book. That seemed to clear the rest of the crowd. Only the young man was left. Thank you for walking with me, the young woman told Jesus as they reached the door. Oh, I'm going in with you, Jesus said. The young man could see the surprise on the young woman's face. Then, sadness. You can't go in with me, she said. I wouldn't expect you to go within 10 miles of this place. Her eyes dropped to the ground. I was stupid to get myself in this predicament with that guy who drove away earlier. Who told you you were stupid, Jesus said. The young man leaned in closer to hear the conversation. He saw tears filling the young woman's eyes. I don't know, purity culture teaching at church. Even my dad says now I'm a chewed up piece of gum and 
What is God going to do with me now? Jesus reached for her hand. You're not stupid. You're human. And heaven loves human, not in spite of our flaws and mistakes, but because of them. But aren't I just selfish, she added. Aren't I making a selfish choice to end my pregnancy? How could these Christians claim to believe in an omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, big, good God, Jesus shouted to the air, basically, and nobody else, and then believe that the spirit of heaven is too small to be with everyone in every human situation. After the exclamation, Jesus smiled at the young woman with gentle eyes. God isn't mad at you, and neither am I. Just then, Peter caught up with them, having parked the car. He was breathless. Jesus, you can't go in there. He tugged on Jesus' jacket. She's right. You shouldn't be within 10 miles of this place. Get your hands off me, Satan, Jesus said to Peter. You don't know the spirit you are of. Jesus wrenched himself free. If Christians truly knew the heart of God, they would know there's nowhere else I would be than right here, right now, for this young woman. I didn't come to put people down, but to seek and save the things that we feel were lost due to the condemning bondage of bad religion. The young man felt Jesus turn and peer deeply into his eyes. And that's all the lost, including those that are in the church buildings every Sunday. The young man barely noticed the piece of fruit slip from his hand onto the ground. Hey, Jesus said, causing the young man to look up at him again. I promise God is not mad at you either. The young man could only stare as Jesus walked the young woman through the door into the clinic. Now, this may be a hard teaching, but let those hear who have ears to hear and see who have eyes to see. What do you think? Love to hear your comments. So I took the story, several stories and put them together there. And the the main basis of the story is, of course, the story we know as the woman caught in adultery, where a bunch of religious people who love to have laws condemn other people, uh, but never use the law against themselves, were there to condemn a woman, uh, the goal really to make Jesus look bad. And you know, political religious goals, which is what uh, the abortion battle is for most people. Um, And that's what I wanted to make this about, where the condemning Christians were there to condemn a young woman and claim they were saving babies when, in fact, Jesus would stand absolutely opposed to what they were doing. And so I took the uh, the what we call the homosexual clobber passages, the the New Testament passages that Christians twist to to give themselves uh, permission for godly bigotry against gay people. First First Corinthians six, Romans one, First Timothy one, and I took all of the sins that are listed in those passages, other than homosexuality, and listed them in the story because Christians never treat greedy people or gossipers or those who disobey parents or uh, liars the way they treat queer people 
it is the most hypocritical of practices by Christians. And so I used that as a backdrop to this story that uh, anti-abortion extremists uh, act like this is about saving babies, but it's not. It's a political battle. It's always been a political battle and it's a massively hypocritical one. So I really love this modern day parable. If you missed uh, the modern day parable that I just shared called Jesus at Planned Parenthood, you can see it on my YouTube channel where I have a lot of modern day parables on there. I don't know why my phone keeps popping up saying I'm using too much memory. So I think if Jesus were incarnate on earth today, walking around, um, hi, Holly. Hi, uh, Guy. Glad to see you on Facebook and YouTube. Um, Jesus would be stand in adamant opposition to the anti-abortion extremist of Christianity and to the right-wing marginalization of the queer community. Um, and so I, I, I condemn it without any hesitation whatsoever, what Christians do in calling people baby murderers and telling uh, queer people they're going to, to hell is absolutely not biblical. And it looks nothing like Jesus at all. I wish you would drop Christian from your title because what you're doing looks nothing, nothing like Christ. So... Baby Bear Papa says, obviously a fraud. Uh, I love how Christians say that. Uh, they can't really present evidence supporting their, and so it's just, you know, insults and slander. So uh, Tammy Faye's music, UCC member here. God loves us all. I like Grandpa Cookie. Good to see you. So yeah, I love, love, love. That And I love the idea if Jesus were standing against abortion protesters, which he absolutely would do were he incarnate today and would encourage his followers to do as well, um, that Peter was upset at Jesus and saying, this is going to hurt our fundraising ability. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. I love that. I love that. Um, it's so beautiful. So Donnie Duke says, when did God know you? Um, so if there is a guy with two eyes, two ears, and a nose sitting on a throne somewhere in the, the cosmos universe, um, the Bible says that God knew me at the laying of the foundations of the earth. Um, so it uh, so the Bible, again, does not support the life begins at conception nonsense and uh, the tomfoolery of anti-abortion extremism. stopped, um, the first step they should have done was to try to persuade young people not to have casual sex so easily. And why didn't evangelicals do anything with all the casual sex on TV? So I don't believe that's true. I, I think a much more effective way uh, to do these things would have been to teach children how to have responsible sexuality. Um, I think to condemn something so human in us is is wrong but teaching how to do it respectfully and in relationship would be so much more powerful so frank smith on TikTok says 
uh, thou shalt not murder. Um, so uh, the Ten Commandments never once say life begins at conception. Uh, thou shalt not murder in no way includes uh, terminating a pregnancy because Hebrew and Jewish law allowed for pregnancy to be ended. So just because you want to appropriate Jewish sacred text to make it be twisted to a political religious stance uh, doesn't, doesn't make it true. Uh, the Jewish the, the Jewish belief of abortion was that a woman in distress not only could, but in the case of her life being threatened, they were commanded to end the pregnancy. So, um, and baby boomer hiker says, Israel allows abortions. Yes, they do. The nation of Israel not only allows abortion, but their government pays for it and, and probably pays for it with the about $3 billion a year the United States gives them. So in the United States, um, many want to uh, ban a woman's right to health care, uh, but we're giving money to Israel to help underwrite their ability to uh, to have government-funded abortions for women in Israel. So it's uh, it's pretty amazing the belief system of American Christians and how they've allowed themselves to be manipulated by racist uh, political leaders. The the start of the abortion, anti-abortion extremism movement in evangelical Christianity was completely based in racist roots of Jerry Falwell and other leaders being really upset that, um, that uh, Jimmy Carter and the Jimmy Carter administration was forcing them to integrate their schools. So they determined that their, uh, their best course of action uh, because they didn't really believe Christians would support racism. Apparently, they didn't know their Christian people very well because Christians very much support racism today and systemic racism. <clears throat> but they didn't believe so back in the 70s. So they started the moral majority and they said, hey, uh, they had a, a Republican operative uh, named Paul Weyrich who said, hey, we could take the abortion issue and weaponize it and manipulate Christians to vote Republican. And it worked beyond their wildest, crazy dreams. Uh, Tammy Faye said, I don't like Jerry Falwell. Yeah, Jerry Falwell Sr. and Jr. are uh, really, really bad people. So other thoughts, I only have a little bit more time. I can't go my full time that I normally go today, but love to hear your thoughts. Uh, Jeremiah 1.5, yeah, it says, before you were in the womb, I knew you. It doesn't say in the womb, I knew you. It says before you were in the womb, I knew you. And Jeremiah would have, uh, without question, followed Hebrew law. And Hebrew law says uh, a woman in distress, and distress includes financial distress, can terminate a pregnancy. And in the case of a woman's life being in danger, they are commanded to end the pregnancy. So uh, you quoting Jeremiah uh, 1 shows that you don't know the Bible and that you anti-Semitically believe Christians can take Jewish sacred text and twist it to say what they need uh, they need it to be. But uh, Jeremiah 1 and Psalm 139 both say that God knew of each human being at the laying of the foundations of the earth and uh, not uh, just in the womb. So uh, if you are not a hypocrite and you're an anti-abortion extremist, you should follow 
the Catholic belief that contraception is a sin because you are taking life into your own hands, that not having procreated, pro procreative sex in marriage is a sin. So the anti-abortion extremism of evangelicals is the highest of hypocrisies. And it's just interesting that it's the number one thing of, of every Christian uh, single-issue voter, right-wing extremist, yet Jesus never once breathed a single word about it. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, Jesus, all we care about is abortion and gay marriage, so go to earth and never mention those two subjects, not even one. You can throw out every Jewish sacred text verse you want, but it still doesn't change the fact that none of those writers would have agreed with your wacko stance. Let's, for, for fun purpose, let's go to Isaiah 49.5. If Jesus, uh, I just told a modern day parable, and if you didn't get to see it, go to my YouTube channel, the Unconventional Pastor Paul YouTube channel. Um, so, now saith the Lord that formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob again to him. Though Israel be not gathered yet, I shall be glorious in the eyes of the Lord. Okay, so uh, formed me from the womb. Does, does that say my life began at conception in the womb? Like, like, again, you're twisting Jewish scripture for your own purpose. You are absolutely twisting that verse, which is poetic, by the way, to begin with. Um, but I could I could also give you verses that, uh, let's see, uh, Exodus, I think it's Exodus 22, 21, shows that a woman's life, uh, a, a, a man who injures a woman and she loses her baby has to pay a fine. But if he kills the woman, he pays with his life. So... The, the Bible clearly says uh, that, oh, good, you raised a point for me, baby bear papa, because I, I was using for my modern day parable. Hi, Jamie. Good to see you, my friend. I was using a modern day parable and, and using the uh, woman caught in adultery story as a backdrop, which, by the way, is a story that was not in the original manuscripts of the Bible. It was inserted later by others. Um, and the... Uh, Go and sin no more at the end, which is the Christian's favorite verse in the Bible. Yes, we get to condemn people because Jesus said, go and sin no more. We get to be hate-filled, condemning, ugly, nasty people because of that. Something that Jesus only said once ever, and of course, never said anything about abortion or gay marriage, not even once. Um, and when Jesus said, go and sin no more to the woman, was he saying, stop being a sinful, horrible woman? Well, let's see. So first, before that happened, which Christians, I never hear who quote that verse, ever note that Jesus put his reputation, hi, Rebecca, good to see you, and his life on the line for the woman. Um, he stood between her condemners and him. They, by the way, were standing on scripture. They were standing on the holy word of God and Jesus was not. And Jesus was saying, I love this woman more than your bad theology. Um, he stood between her condemners who had stones to throw at her and her. Uh, he chased them all away by pointing out their hypocrisy and then turned to the woman and didn't say, go and sin no more. No, he said, where are your condemners? And she says, you chased them all away. And she, I'm sure she expected him to condemn her. And he said, neither do I condemn you. 
So his go and sin no more couldn't have been an admonishment of you're going to hell if you don't change, which Christians use that verse for. Yay, we love this verse because it makes it gives us permission to be hate-filled condemners of people. And he says, go and sin no more. And I believe if you look at the context of the whole passage, what Jesus is saying there is, I know why you were caught in this situation because you're in a culture that hates women, treats them like second-class citizens, allows for a patriarchal system where men can just put you away a divorce without any input from you. And so what are you going to do? You have to eat to survive. And so I tell you to go and not be condemned anymore. Don't even believe what anybody tells you about being sinful because they're religious lawgivers, just like American right-wing Christians today, hate-filled, loving to condemn, to make themselves feel righteous, twisting verses. And Jesus said, you're free. Yes, says baby boomer hiker, Christ liberated women. And Christians in America hate it when we tell people that God loves them. Because with a Christian, God loves you will always be followed with, but let me tell you where I find you to be less human and less righteous than me. And it's an evil religious practice. So go check it out. My modern day parable of Jesus at Planned Parenthood or Jesus at the abortion clinic on my YouTube channel and the resources I have there. Thank you, Jamie, for muting Donnie Duke. Some people have a hard time handling the freedom of the comments. All right, I have a few more minutes. Any other thoughts? Um, yeah, and I love that Jesus in the parable told Peter, get behind me. And Peter was like, hey, you can't do this, Jesus. You're going to hurt our ability to fundraise. Hating women convinces them their own young are disposable. <laughs> Jamie, we got to connect this weekend. Uh, Mike on Facebook says, hey, Paul, where in the Bible does God condemn abortion? Uh, never does. There is not a single passage that condemns abortion. And you would think if it's the only thing that God cares about, uh, if it's the one thing that God commands single issue voting on, you think it would be not only included in the Bible, but be uh, prominent. It would be everywhere. Jesus would have been talking about it all the time. But no, never does. Not a, not a single time. The Bible never condemns abortion. Not once. It never says life begins at conception. Not once. Um, and uh, the abortion issue is used to manipulate Christian voters. Uh, Baby Boomer Hiker says, and you know they had abortion in ancient times. Yes, they did. Mo on TikTok says, like the shirt, Paul. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Wendy from Toronto, Canada. All right, guys, two more minutes. Anything else you want to share? Oh, L is with us from Australia. Wow. I love it when the Aussies join us. Boy, it must be late over there. Francesca says, I've been asking people to pay attention to you. My anti-Christian friends don't know about people like you who speak the truth. Oh, Francesca, thank you. That is beautiful. 
That is beautiful. Yeah, we're talking about my modern day parable, Jesus at the at Planned Parenthood and how I believe Jesus would stand against the protesters at an abortion clinic, against the Christian protesters, and instead would walk the young woman into the clinic and sit with her and hold her hand through the whole process. Sky Gardener 7 says, I guess perception and love of life is the problem. I'd love to hear more about that. I think I agree with you, but I'm not totally sure where you're coming from with that, but sounds good. What books on theology do you recommend? Um, kind of, I mean, it kind of depends on where you are in your journey. There's, there's so many good ones, but they're all kind of in different places. Um, I just read a good one from a theologian named Thomas J. Ord called Open and Relational Theology. I think it's a good one to read. Yeah. Okay, guys, uh, this has been my Bible talk. I will put it on my YouTube channel tomorrow morning, or you can go to my YouTube channel, Unconventional Pastor Paul, right now, and check out the modern day parable of Jesus at Planned Parenthood. Also, if you love what I do, I, I do hours and hours and hours of free content every week. And if you like what I do, I would love for you to be a part of my Pastor Paul community, support us financially through a subscription where you get some cool stuff, including the uh, exclusive access to the audio version of my novel, Joseph Comes to Town, which is my, uh, my uh, belief that what Jesus would say to the right-wing evangelical church where he incarnate on earth, Joseph comes to town. And so if you go to my website, pastor-paul.com, subscribe at even the lowest level of $5.99 a month, you'll get access to the audiobook version of my novel. And if you uh, want, you can support for more up to $100 a month and say, what I think you do is really important, and I would love to help support what you do. So go to pastor-paul.com and join me there. All right, I got to go. Holly says, "Is adultery? if adultery is sinful, why isn't fornication? I believe all of those are rules and laws. And the point of Jesus' story was like, we're going to get rid of all the rules and laws, and now all of sin comes from relationships. So there are no rules and laws. It is finished, said Jesus. We now have access to heaven and to each other. And the law and the the only commands of heaven are love God, love your neighbor as yourself. And then the ongoing judgments of people groups is seek justice for the poor, the foreigner, the marginalized, and the economically disadvantaged. And so to say fornication is a sin, you would have to let me know what the circumstances are around that happening and, and how it fits into relationship with one another and all those things. So um, somebody asked, why are your fingers painted, bro? Because it's cool. I love doing it. They look awesome. Why not? Why not? Go, go look at my video on masculine and feminine gendered clothing and how it's uh, just a human man-made belief system, nothing biblical about it, nothing true about it, just uh, mostly toxic masculinity and uh, patriarchy and misogyny goes into it all. But I think they're really cool and I love them. I love them. And I went with a, a few people and had them done a while back and I'm like, this is kind of fun. So I'm glad to do that. All right. Blasphemer and heretic.
the usual Christians that don't have content to bring and have a discussion. They have to go to the you're going to hell mode. So thank you for again showing us what Christian love and thought looks like. All right, guys, I got to go. Love you all. We'll talk to you soon.